And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I really do thank you, as every week, for joining us here on the program, whether you're uh, watching the program live or whether you are watching the uh, YouTube video or even listening to the podcasts. We're going to give you the uh, locations, if you will, of all of the information, uh, the podcasts, the video casts, the broadcasts, all of that, how you can support the work that we're doing here as well as participating in a special event uh, that we've been talking about since uh, since September of 2019, and we'll do that. But first, we're going to dive into our guest and topic, and it has to do with Angels and Goddesses. That is the title of the book, Angels and Goddesses. Crystal Palmeroy is my guest, and uh, Crystal, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Thank you, Richard. This is such a, a great opportunity to uh, participate in this um, amazing work you're doing. Well, thank you. And thank you for the amazing work that you are doing. Let's uh, define some terms as we uh, move forward here. Uh, and again, I also understand, too, as with any subject, any conversation, that uh, different, people's, uh, different people are going to have different definitions. But uh, I like to define terms. What are angels? And I guess more specifically, what kind of angels are you talking about? Okay, well, those are... Those are great and uh, far-reaching questions. Um, angels, well, the word itself means in its root, uh, messenger. And, um, but it's taken on a lot of different applications and interpretations. And uh, when we think of angels, a lot of times we think of um, something kind of churchy and uh, also something that's um, sort of off in some other realm, who knows where that is. And uh, I don't know, maybe sort of fluffy, um, you know, are they really there? I mean, these are some of the, the images or thoughts that can come into a lot of people's minds when, when we think of angels. And um, angels are, when, when one gets more into the subject, um, some of the beings that inhabit the subtle realms around us, which, um, you know, we're used to thinking of, okay, right now I'm in my place. I've got my assistant here with me. Uh, my son is here and that's it. The rest of the rest of the space is just full of air and furniture or whatever. But really all of this uh, space is also inhabited by as are our minds and even our physical bodies inhabited by different subtle forces that are intelligent. And, and some of these are not so high wavelength and other of them are higher wavelength. And so angels are like the high wavelength beings that are on a subtle realm. What about, <clears throat> I know that there are some guys who are, oh yes, my wife, girlfriend is a goddess, you know. And uh, I have the opportunity coming up of interviewing uh, a comedian. I'm not sure if she's doing too much uh, comedy stand-up right now, but her name is Judy Tenuta. And she is supposedly <laughs> the, the uh, I forget exactly everything, she's... Uh, uh, the sort of the angel of the accordion, or something along those lines. <laughs> but what are what are goddesses aside from what husbands and and boyfriends might say of their uh, their wives or girlfriends or significant? I really others? like that you mentioned that, and that's great that there are <laughs> men that think that about their partners, about their feminine partners. Well, um, goddesses are also 
light beings or um, deities, some of these invisible presences on the subtle realm, and that um, our art, we can also see them as like archetypal uh, manifestations, archetypes of certain divine forces. So um, there are like uh, protective um, mother goddesses, which are actually one of the least uh, known because some of these most ancient goddesses were also, you know, they packed the wall up and they also had besides feminine energies, they also had masculine energies and they were very protective and they could intervene to pull people out of low vibrations and uh, the whole undesirable aspect of life on earth, which includes um, illness, uh, feeling a desperation, uh, discord and lack and so forth. And um, this is uh, a, a, an archetype that often manifests as a lion goddess or some sort of a feline goddess, a, a jaguar goddess, a tiger goddess in China. And um, then there are goddesses of uh, prosperity like Lakshmi and uh, Celtic Bridget who are um, resonate between the two of them. Actually, one of the most fascinating things about studying the topic of goddesses is finding these this worldwide web of um, forces that were called by different names, but had a lot in common from one area of the world to the other. And they were also associated with certain colors and flowers and energies that were compatible. For instance, we think of Venus as being the goddess of love and uh, she's related to the marigold and she's related to passion and beauty. And uh, then Aphrodite is like um, connected also. She, she resonates with Venus. But uh, in Mexico, there was the, uh, this goddess called Xochiquetzal, who was um, kind of very much like uh, Venus, also a love goddess, a goddess of beauty, and also related to the marigold, as, which is one of Venus's flowers. And, uh, and it, when we get into these more ancient goddesses, like the African goddesses, the, the Egyptian goddesses, the Tibetan goddesses, the goddesses of South America, we find these, um, this energy technology that's related to whatever their purpose was, like Xochiquetzal, uh, she facilitated passion and love, but it was also this energy that was directed towards um, turning on the light body, not just turning on one's mind and body and emotions, but also turning on the light body. And so um, we can see these deeper kinds of energy patterns that were shared between the most ancient goddesses and that were universal in nature. And that also have their uh, parallels in the archangels, which shows us that the archangels, the, the seven archangels, or even the system, some of the systems of 12 archangels have their roots in traditions that go uh, back beyond religion, before religion, in a time when uh, just anybody, you, I, or anybody who was into healing and uh, into spiritual growth and inner work and so forth could directly connect with these light beings and call on them for support. We are talking with the author of uh, Angels and Goddesses. Her name is Crystal Pomeroy, and uh, you are listening to Tell Me Your Story I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for being with us here as we continue our conversation here. I wanted to ask you, in light of the names of the angels, especially archangels, now, you know, I'm familiar with Gabriel and Raphael and all of the other ILs, 
But I find it fascinating. There's one, and I've done a little research on my own, and now we're going to go into sort of a, a sort of a biblical, um, a little bit, a bit of a biblical bent, so to speak. There's one who doesn't fit the mold of those names, and that's Lucifer, uh, son of the morning. And I've been doing some research, and my perspective is, because I don't believe that God is an extortionist, Lucifer was set up from the very beginning that God knew all of this was going to happen. And so it's like, life, it's almost like Judas. He had a role to play. Well, I guess Lucifer had a role to play. What about that in terms of the roles that the archangels, as well as the angels, play in the universe, and that includes both the material and the spiritual realms, uh, in terms of, uh, of humanity? Okay, well, that's a very—your uh, questions are very deep and, uh, and vast and wide. And yes, they're, they're about Lucifer. There's this ancient teaching that he was actually chosen— to um, play a role in humanities and not just humanities, but in other creatures evolution through um, being this challenging force that like uh, provokes us through apparent negativity and mm. uh, apparent evil and so forth. And um, so definitely there, it, it's kind of like, I remember this story of a, of a Russian um, commune that was a spiritual uh, community that uh, led by a guru. And there was this one, everybody got along really well, except for there was this really uh, nasty guy who was, who wouldn't clean up after himself. He was really dirty. He would eat everybody else's food, be noisy when they were trying to rest or meditate and so forth. And so um, they, they, they got together, they organized um, amongst themselves and went to the guru and said, uh, you know, that we need to get rid of this guy. You can't possibly have him living with us. All of us are like on this really uh, sublime resonance. And, and he said, uh, he went and he talked to the, to the problem guy and said, you can live here for free uh, for your entire life because you are really important to um, make these people look at their true attitudes and work on being truly more compassionate, patient, and um, more harmonious than they obviously are at this point because they're projecting all this stuff onto you. And um, so in a way, these archetypes are do mm -hmm. it re definitely relate mere processes within ourselves. And um, we're not uh, like, for instance, I, I have a lot of people, I have a lot of really wonderful people that uh, follow me that participate in my groups and uh, that I, that I heal and, and so forth. And I get beautiful, loving feedback from them. And a lot of times they call me, uh, they say, oh, you're such an angel. And I really don't try to put myself off that way when I facilitate groups because um, it's, it's important to be vulnerable and to uh, open up about my own challenges or things that are uh, difficult for me. And uh, so that they will also be able to have uh, an honest interconnection because we, we all have this mixture of um, divinity, of higher impulses and uh, these other tendencies that that are like pulling us downward, so to speak. And, and it's all part of the game of, of this process of growth. And it's important 
to love our shadows, mm -hmm. not just uh, to love the higher part of ourselves and uh, to, to, to be willing to look at these parts of ourselves that we, we maybe don't feel so proud of and we, we kind of like to repress and say, you know, I can love myself in that too, because if I can't, then I can't truly be loving to, to all other beings. I don't know if that relates to what you were asking or not. Well, uh, the first part of it does, and this, of course, adds a little more context to it as well. And I, I just find it interesting that we start uh, down this path and we start getting into the areas of free will versus predestination. Uh, because I've talked with a number of people over the last few months. For some reason, this is something that's come into my, uh, the, the, my awareness uh, of discussion is... is uh, uh, are we, are we, or are we not puppets on a string being manipulated by forces we do not understand? And uh, back when I worked for a Christian radio station, I was there for 15 years, the second longest job I've ever had. And I have to tell you, it was the best job I was ever, uh, the, it was the best schooling I was ever paid for, uh, because I learned so much about you know, sociology, psychology, comparative religions or sects, if you will, um, uh -huh. and so on. Right. Uh -huh. And I came up with the analogy <clears throat> in regards to my perception of God, the creator, the, div the divine, uh, that um, this person is walking in this meadow and is very contrite, very humble. And if you could carry your will in your hands is doing just that, saying, I want to do God's will. I just want to do God's will. I want to do God's will. And they toss it in the air. God catches it. And tears are streaming down God's face, you know, uh, uh, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. And his movement, my God, one of my creation wants to do my will and is, by the way, compressing all of this time, that person's will down to the size of a baseball and hurls back and throws a Nolan Ryan uh, 90 mile an hour fastball, smacks the person <laughs> right in the forehead and says, then do something with the life I gave you. You are not a puppet on a string being manipulated by forces you do not understand. I love what the Jewish rabbis I've had on the program have said about the devil, if you will. And this is separate from Lucifer, the angel. Uh, the, and he actually was an archangel, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh -huh. uh, and, and that has to do with the fact, he says, uh, that based upon the teachings from the Old Testament, that has nothing to do with a, a, a personal deity named Satan, the devil, you know, Beelzebub, etc., etc. All of that has to do with the lowest base nature of man. That's what that's referring to. And um, so this is where we get into that area of, of a personal responsibility. How much uh, interaction, maybe that's not even the right word. I don't want to say uh, uh, influence, but how much input do these angels have in helping us, is it always, always, always our choice? And if 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 we're going to trip on a stone, they're not going to stop us necessarily. They might prompt us to say, "Hey, slow down, slow down, slow down." But it's still that individual's choice as to whether or not they do anything or not. Okay. Well, again, I mean, like your question is enough to write a book about in uh, discussing different possible responses to it. Um, and, and, and they're all interesting. I also have a very, I consider myself inquisitive and uh, questioning. And um, in the case of how we call on angels and what they have to do with our free will, um, 
uh, I, I'd so much like, I'd like to go on and I mean, you and I could talk for, I don't know, maybe 12 hours or something, yeah. but, um, about these subjects, but, um, I had this, uh, gentleman that I've never met sent me a, uh, query through my website saying that he had done some visualization of, uh, Archangel Michael for some sick people that he knows they're very ill. And he had, um, obviously put quite a bit of energy into this. And they seem to have gotten worse. And so like, what was he doing wrong? And um, so I'm actually uh, planning on doing um, a, a little lengthening this response um, on one of my Facebook uh, pages because uh, it, it really triggers an uh, uh, important point of interest when we think of angels as some, something that we're calling in to fix something mm. or... Uh, to compensate for the way that we relegate our free will onto the circumstances around us, then um, we're not going to get the kind of combination that is so powerful when we're willing to work on our own beliefs and in inner patterns in positive prayer and in um, affirmation and in uh, visualization and in our attitude and then call on the angels to help us in this process. It's not like, you know, the angels are going to do it for me. It's not like um, they're, I mean, they will, they'll mm -hmm, help, but mm -hmm. it's going, the results that we're going to see, they won't compare with when we're willing to work on ourselves and develop patterns of belief and patterns of vibration in ourselves that will make us more easily connected with the higher realms. Because on this plane of existence, in what I call the world of appearances, which I consider to be a fallen realm, I think we already live in a fallen realm. This isn't a true world. The true world is a place of love where there isn't a death, there isn't cruelty, there isn't perversion and so forth. And we're in this kind of um, way station. And uh, in this uh, place that we are, we, we choose to be agents of, of infinite good of um, of the higher power, which for me is God, and pe different people have different uh, names for it, mm -hmm. and that's fine. Um, that um, will work through us, not like come in like a mechanic and kind of do it for us. And also with the self work, uh, we're actually going through some sort of positive change. We're awakening our light circuits. We're we're taking back the reins of um, responsibility from the standpoint of consciousness, and it really changes the whole experience of life and also accelerates our spiritual evolution. We're talking with uh, uh, the author of Angels and Goddesses, uh, Manifest Your Desires with Angelic Intelligence. I've got the book right here, and I hope that uh, you folks will get your copy. Crystal. Palmeroy is my guest, and we are talking about the work that she is doing uh, through her website, which happens to be her name, crystalpalmeroy.com, uh, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-P-O-M-E-R-O-Y.com. We will be linked to your website as well, Crystal, so that folks can uh, right. can uh, uh, connect with you directly, maybe share some right. of their I'll own stories. I'll put up your link on my website, too, Wonderful. for sure, uh, and this program on my social networks. And I'll tell you that uh, I, I really enjoy these kinds of conversations because of some of the things that come up that I, uh, I used to discuss with some of the ministers and the pastors and the laity that would come to uh -huh. the radio station to do different programs. And uh, 
Um, uh, I guess the, the, the one angel that we talked about the most when we talked about it was, was uh, Lucifer. Um, because that seemed to be, uh, I guess, just uh, that was their, their target. You know, that was the target of uh, the Christian philosophy at that time. Not so much today. And that's one of the things I find fascinating about all these different philosophies around the world is uh, that many of them do tend to evolve. They tend to move that's forward and, and rise above a lot of the... Um, well, with Christianity, the fire and brimstone, if you will. Um, uh-huh. I, I have a real problem. It's a beautiful song. Oh, my God, it's a beautiful song. But I don't like the lyrics of the first verse of Amazing Grace. I am not a wretch. Sorry. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I mean, my goodness, uh, you know, to to live, to, to flow within that philosophy. <laughs> um, obviously, I must have had some value if there was going to be a sacrifice for my soul. Right. So I must be valuable. I mean, we're talking about parents here. You, you, you are a parent, correct? Right. And you would pretty much, you would pretty much do anything for your children, you know? For sure. And I have no kids, but I have animals, you know, I have uh, chickens and cats and dogs. Uh, and uh, I would do everything that I could for them as well. Uh, so when I hear that song played, I'm going, no, no, <laughs> I'm not a wretch. I'm a I'm a I'm a valuable, precious, priceless soul that apparently the creator saw something in me as an individual that this in this philosophy that was supposedly that was done. There was a sacrifice that was made. It was required or what have you. Um, I think about my parents as well. I've always found that fascinating, too. I don't know about you and your parenting skills, but my folks have never stuck their nose into any of our business. Unless we asked. They would never offer advice unless we asked. And I always found that fascinating that they were actually able to do that. You know, because you would think that as a parent, you want to you want to protect them, right? How do the angels protect us? How do the goddesses protect us? Okay, wow. Uh, well, that's, uh, you know, you, my, my mind is following along with all of these um profound ideas that you've been sharing and uh then to just kind of you know uh cut that off and go go on to the next one um i first of all i really agree with what you say about choosing what words we resonate with and being conscious of the words we choose because words are incredibly powerful Um, took the words out of my uh, mouth i work as a healer nowadays. And um, I fortunately, I kind of had uh, got a lot of flight hours in with uh, affirmative prayer because I've been in this stuff since childhood, literally. And um, so I went through through a period in uh, like my teens and my early 20s in which I couldn't uh, do affirmations unless I had a book because I couldn't come up with any on my own. And now they just kind of spew out. I just vomit affirmations, so to speak. And uh, this uh, I do um, in healing treatments that I give. And this is actually, I'm not, this isn't really an ad. I'm, I'm telling you that these healing treatments, um, I mean, I've had a whole lot of experience, numerous, literally thousands of experiences, because I've done this for groups as large as over 300 people. And um, also one-on-one situations. And I've trained other people with uh, my system that also heal with it. We all have this healing power within us. And words play an important part of it. And um, for instance, if you 
choose to say instead of I am a wretch, I am uh, a beloved child of God and I am privileged by all of creation that is absolutely charged with God's love, which is supporting me through all situations, all the tissues in my body, all my cells, all my vibrations. I'm just giving a very small example, but when we choose words that resonate with the truth of our being and the truth of the nature of the higher power, which is absolutely loving and is in everything, then we literally open doorways that allow this power from the infinite realm to manifest right in and through our bodies and in and through these different situations. And so um, angels will help us do this and will also guide us to choose the kind of words and the different perceptions that will change our way of connecting with apparent reality. Um, Bruce Lipton has this, uh, has been doing this work about the um, power of beliefs. And in one of the interview, you know, the author of um, biology of uh, beliefs mm -hmm. and, and other books. Yeah. And uh, um, in, in an interview they uh, did with him that's on, you can find on internet. He talks about how, there are these Christian groups in um, the southern U.S. that they put, they do tests of like drinking poison and they'll have a doctor there to document that this is actually taking place. Uh, drinking poison and nothing happens to them. We're getting bit by a, a poisonous snake and nothing happens to them. And they have this uh, medical witness before and after. And he talks about this as because he's um, analyzed the, the how beliefs affect our biology on a cellular level. And he says that, that beliefs are absolutely um, decisive to how our cells reproduce and behave. And um, this, this is fascinating, but I, I, what I, had practiced and been practicing before. And also a lot of people who follow mental science, spiritual science and uh, related fields um, is about that. It's about using words, choosing our words. Um, I'm, I'm going to make a confession here. I, I uh, was invited to participate in a rosary group the other day and I really can't stand repeating the rosary. You know, I just, I had to defer because the part of it, I love, uh, the Virgin Mary, she's a light being. I've actually seen her on the subtle realm. It was a really beautiful experience. But uh, this part of the prayer that's that's used that uh, beg for us sinners and uh, oh, now and at yeah. the hour of our death, this is like similar to the, the phrase you're talking about, yeah. about being a wretch. And uh, because if I keep repeating that over and over, you know, I'm identifying with the wavelength of being a sinner. And uh, I have enough stuff to deal with it without uh, like uh, going over it again uh, in that kind of a way. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think it's very perceptive of you to have that kind of sensitivity, which is something that is, is worth developing in our day and age. And, and we can ask angels to do this. Angels have a kind of mastery over their own energy that we're just in the process of developing. And so they can also help us master energies and master um, force fields that are sometimes coming at us or through us that are negative and that make things harder well, in life on earth. Well, now here's an interesting uh, connection here, and they are not coincidence, they're coincidences. I, I pronounce the word differently, okay. kind of like the British uh -huh. pronounce laboratory, laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> Only all of my R's are pronounced like R's and my A's are pronounced like A's, unlike uh, the British. 
um, who pronounce their R's like A's and A's like R's, but that's another story for another show. <laughs> I used to produce, when I was with this Christian radio station, I used to produce the Radio Family Rosary Hour. Now, the interesting irony was, of course, that uh, it was only a half hour long, but I came up with a method of, um, <clears throat> of producing the show where I would, and you talk about repetition, where I would take uh, the uh, Hail Mary and the, that's that, the, the, those two prayers together, and I would then, I would copy and then I would paste, and, I, and there was a feature in the editing software where I could actually paste it two, three, four, five, six, however many times I need it. Well, each decade is 10, so I would paste it 10 times. Done. The first, the first decade of the rosary is done. And then the second decade. And the, th- the only thing that would change, of course, would be whether it's the glorious, the sorrowful, or the joyful mysteries. But I remember something that was real interesting. You talk about your love of Mary and, and your connection with her as well. And I remember getting phone call. I got a, got a phone call from somebody who was just livid over the fact that we were running this program on a quote-unquote Christian radio station, okay? And I said, well, uh, first of all, they're not, they're not praying to Mary specifically. They're asking her to do what you would ask your friends and neighbors, your pastor or your minister to do, and that is participate in intercessory prayer, Okay. And, um, that was one of the things that, that I said, and every word in the rosary is in the Bible. Okay. It's there. But I think that people get lost when it comes to, for example, when it comes to angels, they think that, uh, they are the be all and end all, if you will, that we have to, um, you know, I don't know, pay homage or something. I'm not even exactly sure how I want to phrase that, but it's just really interesting to me how um, our society, uh, ta- uh, you know, depending upon your philosophical bent, takes a dim view. Do you have a lot of people who are searching? They have found this, I'll call it angelic or goddess outlet, all right, because they've had these experiences and then they've got people around them who are doing anything and everything they can to undermine what they've experienced. Oh, um, let, let me let me put it this way. Maybe sometimes examples work better. Like um, um, I recently uh, made a trip to California and um, in December. And so um I was uh, visiting with someone who's um, very well educated and uh, fairly well read and um, a really nice person. And uh, when he found out I was doing a book about angels, it was kind of like, oh, you know, like that's irrational. And uh, so he has like his own belief set. And he started telling me about uh, science and about um, how certain things are considered to be proved or not, and, and uh, explaining to me what peer-reviewed meant, as though I had never heard of the term. And uh, the as I was, and I, as I responded to um, that, well, you know, what peer-reviewed means is that other people that have a similar outlook as you do 
who are studying similar information as you are uh, say that they agree with you. And uh, there can be all kinds of uh, peers or people that, you know, maybe have a different uh kind of set of information or different philosophy that might not necessarily resonate or would suggest an alternative view of um, thought. And um, what I'm getting at, I didn't argue more about the thing about angels, because mm -hmm. um, what I did say to him is that, well, you can think of them as archetypes, because I like to do that. I like to try if if people are open to it, not like me going around trying to convince people. I never do that. It's like a total waste of time. Uh, and um, I have a hard time enough convincing myself, convincing my own <laughs> mind of what I want, of the truths I want to hold to. And uh, so um, I said to him, well, these are, you know, that you can think of them as archetypes that, and if we think of what an archetype is, it's a form in the collective unconscious that uh, I think are sort of like the archangels in the, from the standpoint of good, that they're these ideas of manifestations of good that have a lot of people believing in this. And so even from a skeptical point of view, quantum physics tells us that whatever we perceive tends to um, manifest. I mean, though I'm, I'm simplifying it, of course, but our perception is always influencing whatever um, we're beholding. And so yeah. if we are consciously focusing on some sort of archetype, like if it's the same thing, if people are focusing on the devil, if they're like, oh, you know, the devil, we have to be afraid of the devil. And I had, uh, all, you know, people have been doing black magic on me and I've got all these uh, demons that are chasing me and that sort of thing. Then I'm going to be putting my energy yeah, into that. Yeah, and uh, yeah. whereas if I'm focusing on something beautiful, a tree, the sun, a flower, uh, Mary, Archangel Michael, um, or some other archetype of good, then this quantum space opens up and invites uh, vibrations from um, a higher realm that then influence the energy that and the space that we're in. Yeah, it's uh, it's very very uh, interesting to to have these conversations because. My mother asked me some time ago if I'd ever had any supernatural experiences. And, uh, and I kind of explained it this way. He says, well, you know, Jesus did all these miracles, you know. To him, it's just, that's just what he did, okay? It was no big deal to him. It's just what he did because that's the power he had. So if I've had supernatural experiences, they've just been a part of my life. I, I wouldn't know. Uh, I, wouldn't, I have not differentiated Although I do, I do tend to agree that um, the people that we come across not only could, uh, could be a past life, mother, father, brother, sister, father, uh, whatever relation or what have you, um, but also that um, as we are um, connecting with different people, they very well might be angels in human form that other people may or may not be able to see. Uh, or maybe they're being used in a in a uh, benevolent way uh, to share that angelic love, if you will, to share that guidance, that type of thing. Is that uh, is that something that uh, is 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 that happens? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's it's important to have, and this is like one of the drifts that I'm sort of getting from uh, your line of. Um, questioning is and thought that you're sharing here um 
that we there are a lot of different ways in which angelic forces can manifest and they definitely also manifest through people especially when one is open to being a channel for good like we like to help people and we develop that i mean i think deep down most people like to help others and like the feeling of uh seeing somebody that they've helped uh, have an improvement in their situation in fact they've done studies at harvard playing videos of uh mother teresa of calcutta <laughs> who i don't particularly uh love by the way for some a lot of stuff that has come out about her huh. uh, secret behavior but um there's uh but but the fact that she helped people and was an archetype of that is uh undeniable and uh in her own way and so they they played these films to graduate classes at harvard of her assisting very poor people and they tested their saliva before and after to check their immunity and there was a measurable improvement in their immune response after they'd watched even even for a self-declared uh, non-adherence of um, mother the mother teresa mm -hmm. and uh, because the act of seeing and and it's also been shown that when we see the people we're helping there's like this personal contact contact with whoever one is helping uh the the benefits in our own system our own body and our own energy are measurably um notable and um i think that um the the building of this intentional practice because we all have this kind of attraction but it's so easy to get pulled down by daily habit Oh, yeah. And our primitive brain that just keeps us in our comfort zone and focused on uh, um, having a, a roof over our heads and uh, going to bed at night and yeah. working in the day and uh, all these kind of mechanical processes that are part of survival um, to like go out of that and develop the qualities that we want to. And uh, angelic beings help us do that. Crystal Palmeroy is my guest. Angels and Goddesses is the book, and crystalpalmeroy.com is the website. And you're listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's really a pleasure to have you with us here, Crystal, to talk Thank about you, angels and goddesses. I, I, I love this because I personally have not had a lot of experience with a lot of the what I would consider to be the supernatural not sure I want to put the category of paranormal in there because that's maybe a whole nother, whole nother realm. But one of the things that I really like, especially about uh, the table of contents of your book, you reference a different angel uh, in each of the chapters, of which there are seven. And um, Zadkiel, Michael, Raphael, uh, I believe it's pronounced uh, Hofiel. Uh-huh. And uh, this would be Shamuel, right. uh, uh, uh -huh. along with Uri, uh, Uriel and then Gabriel, who is supposedly going to blow the trumpet somewhere along the way here. <laughs> Although I have a feeling that he's been blowing the trumpet for quite some time through the, through the uh, um, lips of people like Branton Marsalis and uh, Doc Severinsen and Louis Armstrong and, and alike, because, boy, <laughs> Wow. That's some great, great horn blowing. I always wanted to play the trumpet, but uh, eh, never got it. I ended up playing the baritone, which is just one size down from a tuba. Wow. <laughs> In high school. It was a long time uh -huh. ago. 
I want to ask you about these names here as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we talk with, uh, we talk with Crystal Pomeroy uh, about these different names. Now, I know that the Bible makes reference to, reference to a number of these angels or archangels, if you will, Lucifer being among them. Uh, I'm curious as to these other names. I don't do these names. I guess that's the question. Where do these names appear? And can you give us sort of a little descriptive uh, analysis, so to speak, of each of these angels, their characteristics and uh, uh, kind of like some of the saints that the Catholic Church has, like St. Jude, I guess, is what, the, the saint of lost things? I, I'm, I'm not sure what the categories are, but we've got these different saints for different things. Are there different angels who have different um, supporting roles, shall we say, in the background of our lives? Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the fascinating things about the archangels. The system of seven archangels presented uh, in the book is um, based on the system of, of an author called Pseudo Dionysius. It, it was common um, many centuries ago in Europe to uh, for authors to be pseudo one thing or another. They'd write under a, a mysterious uh, kind of uh, anonymity. And um, there's been a lot of speculation about who he really was. And that isn't just, um, it's not just extraneous information because uh, the, the information that he shared and he hasn't been fully identified yet, even though his system of seven archangels became sort of canon uh, in Europe, um, that these are actually um, archangels or a system that, was brought in from ancient Egypt. And um, when we look at each of the archangels in this system, and there are other systems, like I said, of like 12 archangels, they uh, and there is always an element of intuition in this sort of um, information. I mean, there are traditions, and yet one cannot participate in the tradition and really be into it without having a certain amount of intuitive involvement. So there's always going to be some element of like a channeled or inspiration um, information in there that isn't necessarily based on what was taught in books previously. But these uh, each of the archangels is related to a set of spiritual principles. And that's what um, had originally like uh, excited me when I started getting into the uh, studying the archangels. I was already in my 20s. I've been practicing spiritual principles since childhood. And um, so I've been working on and teaching in uh, personal groups, through writing and in mass media, um, principles like healing, forgiveness, manifestation, um, prosperity, and so forth. And it turns out that each of the archangels has this kind of um, skill set or resonance that's related to a certain color, the magical properties of that color, and uh, stones and flowers and for instance, uh, Sadkiel, who I put as the first archangel, he's usually up to the last, but um, his color purple is related to transmutation, to meditation, to prayer, to forgiveness, to loving service, to feeling worthy. And um, these, these different properties are also connected to uh, certain ancient principles that we can find around the world as a field, like in uh, Peru, this uh, philosophy of Munai, which is um, related to developing 
love in an intentional manner and also uh, to eventually awakening the light body and um, which is one of the, the essential cores of all of these different ancient traditions, uh, activating the light body, the true secret of alchemy to uh, turn on our light body. And as we do precipitate a whole nother level of vibrational experience, which sounds like something sort of maybe remote and esoteric, but it's also, it's actually quite related to our personal processes here, because when we have our energy body awakened then, which we're doing anyway through every time, like you were um, giving these examples of uh, sort of the human struggle uh, working on ourselves. And uh, every time we're able to um, like choose confidence over uh, insecurity or choose kindness over indifference or choose um, faith over uh, doubt and so on, um, we, we're, our vibration increases and the light within our different levels of body because we have different um, kinds of bodies. We have emotional body, a mental body, a psychic body, and so on. And it, when we bring light into this field, then our whole vibration goes up and we're actually closer to the community of light beings that's um, around and above us. Mm -hmm. And um, so I don't know. I, I, I guess I sort of did what you've been doing with your questions, like starting off on <laughs> some really interesting topic and, and ending up in a different place than I had expected. Um, I don't know if I answered your question or not. Did I get off track? No, no, no. I, I you know, and, and we don't have to go down all seven angels. It's just, I've, I've always been curious. It always has fascinated me whether it, uh, whether it has to do with instruments. It's like, uh, who came up with the idea of all these curly cues and a French horn or, uh, who came up with the idea of this very complex piece of equipment that goes on top of an internal combustion engine called a carburetor? I mean, there's millions of parts there. It's like somebody had way too much time on their hands. You know what I'm saying? Or okay. who, who thought that uh, the artichoke was something good to eat? You know, they must have been really, really hungry. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and, and, and the list goes on of the in, 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 in ah, my Lord. Uh, inventions, thank you, that uh, uh, that we have come up with, the discoveries that we have made, that sometimes tell us, oh, oh wow, we we know it all now. We have all of the laws of the universe here in this book, and it's it's complete. And then a year or two goes by, and somebody comes up with something brand new that no one had ever thought of before. It's like. Okay, we'll add this one too. Now we know it all. And every few, every year or so, somebody else comes up with another one and another one. And, and it's like, when are we going to get it that we have no clue? The more we know, the less we know is really quite true. But at the same time, when we're studying and researching goddesses and angels, um, we're talking about a realm of spirit that is, it's not just there with us along with our dearly departed, but they're there for us. And I think maybe, uh, and I'd love for you to talk on this, uh, maybe uh, over the centuries, we have been told just the opposite in one sense, that we're supposed to rely, uh, and again, the Catholic Church being the predominant force for the first uh, 2,000 years here since uh, the death of Christ, um, 
they've always said, you know, you got to go to the priest. The priest has the answers. The hierarchy has the answers, you know. Go to your bishop. Go to your pastor, et cetera, et cetera. You don't need to listen to your still small voice. That's what we're here for. And it's like, well, gee, that's just the opposite, along with listening to the angels and other uh, forces that are there for us. Uh-huh. I really love this, um, many of your lines of discussion, and this last one uh, in particular, because um, for me, the spiritual path and connection with light beings is about empowerment. Mm. It's about personal empowerment from uh, the level of our personal divinity, and that we're really not, as we so often feel in this world, victims of circumstance. We really can choose how we're resonating, how we're feeling, how we're thinking, how we're speaking, and how we're manifesting. And um, this is something that is very exciting because like a little while ago, you were saying about um, when uh, people get some sort of bad news in the, in some remarks similar to this in mm-hmm. the world of appearances. And, and in my activity as a healer, when somebody tells me, that there's a like a medical sentence. This is probably like something I shouldn't even say on the air, but um, that that a doctor has said that uh, you know there's something really awful that's happening in their bodies that that's going to happen to them. And my mind, because I've been uh, insisting on these patterns that are focused on divine truth versus appearances, goes tends to go immediately to the opposite, like. A child, and, and what I'm saying here can be used and can be applied by, by anybody. And I hope uh, it helps reconnect whoever's uh, listening to us with that power within us, because we all have it. Mm-hmm. That um, this child that was going to be born in six weeks in an ultrasound turned out um, to have this syndrome in which the spinal cord, instead of being beautifully enclosed in the fetus like it should be, had all the nerves all over the place. I can't remember what the syndrome, the name for the syndrome is, but uh, she was supposedly going to have this uh, awful birth. And if she survived, she wouldn't be able to uh, control her sphincters or uh, have normal child development and this sort of thing. So it was like this really kind of beastly uh, description. And so one of the things that came to my mind was that um, God is developing, is guiding the development of this child nothing can hinder um, the divine development that's taking place in her. And um, so uh, to make a long story short, the uh, the child was born. I mean, it was really amazing. Even the doctor who uh, attended told the mother, you know, you must have some kind of contacts up there somewhere because I've never seen a child with this kind of um, uh, prognosis come out so well as as this baby had and the mother was sending uh, us photos of uh, her her new baby girl who's uh, who's beautiful and happy and and developing well and um, this is just one example of how we can um, challenge uh, the appearances of the world and the things that make us feel like we can't do something and we've always got this power in us. And, and today people are working on healing um, our childhoods and healing our emotional stuff. And this is really great, it's important. But we can also get stuck in this feeling of, you know, I'm not gonna be confident until I go to 15 years of therapy and do a uh, hundred uh, notebook, you know, write through a hundred notebooks of uh, 
positive affirmations and stuff. I mean, I personally have written through many hundreds, but um, there, uh, th we have this energy with us now. And it was like the other day it came to me that when I have to deal, because some we all have to deal with situations that aren't so pleasant or people that don't necessarily uh, love us. And I was thinking, you know, in these type of situations where I sometimes feel a little bit of apprehension, I can like throw my confidence, my my confidence is an energy that I can throw into it in front of me. And uh, I, I can call on the angels of confidence and visualize them. I mean, even if one is just leaving, I, I live in Mexico City, which is many people think is dangerous. But when I when I leave my house sometimes at, at night, um, I will say, um, you know, I'll send the angels before me. I'll stop and I'll see these angels going out the door before me. And uh, like the the way will open and there's, uh, I call it angelicities that like uh, synchronicities related to angelic forces that will like appear uh, to, to say, yes, we're here, you know, we're with you. And so we always have this um, access to these forces that, like you said, they're, they're loving forces and they're happy to support and collaborate. And um, they'll do it if we call on them. If we don't call on them, they can't. And to combine um, angelic connections with one's own inner work, with one's own prayer practice or meditation practice or visualization or whatever it is you like to do uh, makes a really big difference. I want all of the support I can get. So I am right now uh, laying it out there. I want your help, angels. Bring it on. Help me in any and every way that you can. <laughs> Uh, I'm not saying that my life's a, a mess or anything. It's just, you know, it's always kind of nice to have a team working together towards the same goal. Definitely. You know? And and they do respond. And, and we can also visualize them, like visualize the angelic presences that are, that are around us. And you were asking about specifically for protection. Archangel Michael is a wonderful protector. He's related to... Um, other light beings um, around the world because they're they're not always called Michael. You know, I mean they they don't they don't say Michael in uh, Chinese or the or in uh, Tibetan or whatever. And so, uh, but but the colleagues the the colleagues of divine protection and victory and faith and uh, force, which Michael represents in his manifestation of the sacred masculine, which is uh, so important to to retrieve. Um, will will come in when we uh, visualize like a, a blue light field in our homes uh, at night before we go to sleep and uh, see these hosts, these uh, angelic blue forms in our mind's eye in our living room and then throughout go take them mentally throughout all the different rooms in our house because the entire space, even like if you have a pantry or something, ideally uh, open the door in your mind and see them going into this space and um, if you can't see specific angels, just see a blue field of light as you are connecting with this idea that you're inviting uh, Archangel Michael and his hosts into your home. And what this will do is dislodge lower vibrational uh, forces that can um, often hold us in anxiety or maybe creating problems uh, to sleep at night. Or they say when we dream, we, we actually visit other realms and to make sure that the realms that we visit in our dreams are positive realms and that our home is blessed. And this um, kind of connection will cut off any intrusion on an energy level. And um, we that that sort of access is available to us all the time. 
We are talking about angels and goddesses, and we're talking with Crystal Palmer, uh, Pomeroy, Pomeroy, Crystal Pomeroy, and she has joined us here on the program to talk about this, because I think it's a fascinating conversation, fascinating ideas, as well as, um, again, uh, it's, I, I know there are people who want to be a lone wolf. I get that. But I got to tell you, as much as I like working on production and this and that and the other thing all by myself, um, there are times when it is so much more fun to be working together with a group of people, putting things together. And uh, I had some fabulous experiences like that, including putting this program together uh, over 14 years ago. And uh, wow. even, even my career, uh, which spans more than 40 years, I owe... Uh, a, a debt of gratitude to the thousands of human beings. I have no ma- uh, no idea how much uh, um, I need to uh, thank the angels and the archangels for all of their help in maybe keeping me safe when I was bicycling all over Phoenix, Arizona, where I was born and raised, <laughs> uh, where I was working with electrical equipment and didn't get electrocuted. <laughs> I'm sure there there's some help there. Uh, but I want to remind you that uh, this is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And uh, we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we are having a great conversation with our very special guest here on the program. Uh, her name is Crystal Pomeroy. Angels and Goddesses is the title of her book. It's uh, Manifest Your Desires with Angelic Intelligence. Um, now, that's an interesting perspective because a lot of people are going to interpret that specifically here in the United States in the West, as, really, oh, I can get a car and a big house, and I can get just the right relationship, and I can get all these things manifesting, manifesting. However, this is one of the things that came up uh, in a conversation I had several years ago when The Secret came out. Someone was talking about this. We were, actually. And uh, they said uh, they left out a part. I says, Really? They didn't do it on purpose. It's just that they didn't consider this. And I put it in this context, uh, Crystal. Uh-huh. All right. <clears throat> yes, um, like attracts like or the law of attraction and all of that stuff and words having power. And we say that all the time on this program. Words have power. You said it earlier on the program, too. Words have power. Well, that's great that you uh, you want this and you want that and the other. But the thing they left out was... But is that for your highest good or is that your ego mind talking and saying, I want all of these things? Um, I have to tell you that back in the 80, early 80s, when I first started working for the Christian, Christian station and I was having a blast, absolute blast doing the work I was doing. It had nothing to do with the philosophy that was being promoted on the program, on the station. I actually told the general manager, to the consternation of people I shared it with later, I would do this job for free if I knew that I'd have a place to stay and food to eat and clothes to wear. In other words, if if someone would take care of me, so to speak, or I knew all my needs would be met, I would do this job for nothing. And... Uh, there are those who say there are those who say, yeah, you have. You've been doing this job for nothing. Um, hey, I've gotten by. I'm 60. I'm still here. I'm 61. I've made it. I've made it through over 40 years in this business. 
uh, they joke about how, you know, you don't get into this business for the money unless you're really, really good. But I have to wonder sometimes about purpose for, for our lives and how the angels and goddesses can help us to find that. And I know that requires us to go within as well, does it not? Okay, again, uh, this is like I'm following you around and I'm thinking, I'm in your conversation and I'm thinking, uh, okay, well, I agree and I would say it in this other way or I would compliment it you with the angels with this way and then you, you wind uh, around to another um, interesting new doorway. Um, <laughs> let me put it this way. Okay. We, we are... Um, I, I don't consider myself religious, but for me, Jesus is definitely a, uh, a personal guide and um, uh, a very special being and uh, a master metaphysician. If we study his miracles and his words in the New Testament, even though uh, it's, it's to be supposed that we're just getting fragments of uh, what he did and what he taught and so forth, because it had to be passed down. I mean, the, the New Testament wasn't even written until um, in, it, was, it didn't appear in writing until uh, several centuries after uh, Christ wasn't uh, around anymore physically. And um so this uh, was being, you know, passed from from one uh, gossip version to another and having uh, all kinds of other stuff uh, mixed in in terms of what the religious authorities wanted to to put across. Even still, his um, phrases, his miracles, uh, they they glow with wisdom and uh, a science. And so um he was always manifesting, you know, he was manifesting supply. He was manifesting uh, wellness, manifesting even life for those that um, had died. And, um, but his, his most important manifestation wasn't about things and wasn't about uh, material events. It was about reconnection with the love that is the source of our um, existence. And um, that, uh, is really that I mean that's what the New Testament means. It's like the good news of this. And you talked about Gabriel with his horn. You know, Gabriel brings the good news with mm -hmm. with his horns. And uh, the good news that um, we we actually have this eternal connection. We have eternal life in connection with this loving being that um, is guiding us to be able to have a full reunion with that loving source and all the bliss that that implies, which a bliss that and a wellness and a and even a pleasure, even though that's a controversial word, that goes beyond anything we can experience um, as positive on the earthly plane. And so this essence of um, being here for something greater than the material experience is is really important. It's also important, like when you were analyzing the the lyrics of Amazing Grace, and to some people that might seem like a, you know kind of picky or a subtle difference, uh, but it's really a big deal. I mean, if you're going to blindly sing uh, to save a wretch, 
uh, like me, identifying with the whole idea of being a rich. When when it comes to our manifesting abilities, which by the way, that subtitle, my title, my chosen title for the book was Angelic Intelligence. And it was about moving on from uh, all of our other types of intelligence that we have to connect with a higher realm and activate uh, a higher kind of intelligence in us. And um, so the, the publisher, uh, Llewellyn, I mean, they're always working on making things um, attractive to the public and they have a lot of experience and uh, they're really good at it. But, but they were the ones who came up with the title angels and goddesses. And I had to like fight with my, uh, fight with them through my agent. Uh, this, this also really, uh, wonderful, wonderful person, Deborah Jacobs, um, Deborah and Jacobs, who, um, who was able to convince them to not exclude the term angelic intelligence from the title of the book. And, uh, so they put in the manifest your desires. There are a lot of keys to choose, the kind of life you want and to choose wellness over illness and to choose success over failure and to choose um, prosperity over lack. But that's not the uh, like the highest purpose. I don't believe it's the highest purpose and in our lives, of course. And in fact, um, I defer from certain kinds of um, new age materials that really focus on getting what you want and say, you know, the purpose of being here is to show that if you want to, uh, to live like a millionaire and have a, have a golden limousine that you can do that. And, uh, and I personally, I mean, that's fine. If some people choose that, I mean, this, they, we can manifest anything we want, but what I mean is in terms of like one's goals, it to have like the, the maximum goal be manifesting things on a material plane we can do it. We do have the power, but it's kind of missing the point of the whole, um, this is like my personal perspective and I respect everybody's point of view. And there are, uh, there's great divergence uh, in our times and uh, voices. And that's great because everybody can say what they think. But uh, from my point of view, it's like, you know, the, the point is something higher. The point is, is a love story that goes beyond uh, anything that we can, we can touch, smell, and, and see in the material world. She is Crystal Pomeroy, and uh, she is talking about the work she has out now. Uh, I would say named by the authors, but it's a good title. Angels and Goddesses Manifesting Your Desires with Angelic Intelligence. And uh, I have to say that uh, uh, my desire is to change the world for everyone, change the world for the better for everyone, That's not just great. a select few, not just a select few. And and um, the bottom line is, I don't want to say that, and if we can't do that, then we can't have any of it. And so we should just blow up the earth. No, 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 no. We're not going that far. We are going to go uh, tell you that this is Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here with uh, Crystal Pomeroy. I want to ask you real quickly here before we wrap up. Um, you said that this has been a part of your life for years since you were a child. When did you first become aware uh, of the, the angelic beings around you? Okay, well, consciously aware. Um, I was um, probably around 12. Um, my my mom was the, I can't really talk about my own uh, evolution or story without mentioning her. 
she was um, this really amazing, uh, very high IQ, but not just in terms of her intellectuality, also in terms of her sensitivity. And she was a scientist and a teacher. And um, when I was a child, I was like around eight and a half. And uh, she taught me uh, the union uh, dream interpretation techniques and uh, taught me how to clarify my intention so I could manifest what I wanted and this sort of thing. And when I was 12, uh, she started taking me to see, um, I grew up in Marin County, she started taking me to see certain teachers that would come to San Francisco. And uh, amongst them were Dorothy McLean. And um, who was um, teaching about the Deva, she calls it the, the Devic realm, um, which are one type, it's a word for angels. And um, she talked about how uh, everything has this uh, divine intelligence in it, which is like it's, its angelic self and how we can connect with that in nature, in, in rocks, even in uh, like cars or uh, a computer or whatever. And um, so, I became aware of that factor at that age, but I didn't actually start experiencing, um, how should I say, seeing angels or the the light fields that appear when I'm doing my healing work until um, probably, even though I was writing letters to them and calling on them and stuff, I didn't actually have like a conscious experiences of contact. I was actually a pretty slow learner until around uh, my late 20s. Mm. And um, so, and and people that I teach, fortunately, take less time to have that kind of uh, experience. It's it, it, these these fields of higher of loving intelligence are around us all the time, and um, they're always um, willing and happy to appear. Like you were saying about um, composers and uh, musicians, and mm -hmm. about. Uh, whoever invented the the curly cues and a certain kind of um, trumpet instrument, yeah, or, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, so and and about all these amazing uh, inventions that that humanity comes up with, and um, we all have like these higher acuities that that uh, become precipitated as we um, awaken our vibration on a higher level and and many times unconsciously or unwittingly um, connect with these these fields of infinite light or with the infinite mind that will uh, allow information knowledge inspiration intuition and so forth to flow through us and uh, that's actually what's going on all the time and so um, to to invoke I mean, try to get this into something that's grounded for people to use when we call on light beings and we ask them to um, to inspire us or to open our minds in whatever our field of work or service is, we consciously bring them in, then um, it becomes even more palpable. This kind of experience becomes more palpable. And for instance, you who has this, this is just a wonderful example. You have this um, activity of communicating and uh, we reaching a wide audience through uh, your media, um, venues. And so, and you have this intention because you just said it, you want to make the world like a better place. And so this combination of using your talents and inclinations, um, it, with this conscious intention of wanting to make the world a better place already opens you up 
to this field of intelligence that's going to be guiding you and connecting you with uh, guests and um, streaming ideas. It's like live streaming ideas to you from a higher realm. Um, and when you also call on them, like you just said a little while ago, you know, gee, I'd like angels for all kinds of support or whatever, then this, this experience is going to precipitate. And um, I can't remember what famous composer said, I don't actually compose my melodies and angel uh, uh, does this through me. Mm. And um, we're doing this all the time anyway. So when we consciously bring them in and we consciously visualize them and invite them, and they will definitely support um, all of our activities, particularly those that we do in the spirit of love. Crystal, uh, Crystal is with us. Crystal uh, Pomeroy is with us. Angels and Goddess, uh, Goddesses is uh, our conversation. That's the title of her book. And uh, crystalpomeroy.com is the website, which we will be linked to so that you folks can uh, connect right away. Um, I have three final questions that I like to ask my guests uh, before we wrap up the program. It's our it's our lightning round, as it were. But before we go there, I need to let you listeners and viewers know that you are listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We're here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. We have a special edition on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. We are streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com and the programs are also on the podcast sites of soundcloud itunes tune in radio spotify stitcher player fm blueberry iHeartRadio, amazon music and many other locations too numerous to mention here we're also on youtube where you can listen to and watch these interviews and get to know us a little bit more get to know crystal uh, even more by connecting with her through her website, crystalpomeroy.com. We also encourage you to participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, as we encourage you to go within, listen to that still small voice, and uh, follow the promptings. And call on the angels. I have already done that on this program, and I'm... I'm saying I'll, I'll take a, a battalion. I don't know how many is in a battalion, but I'll, I'll take as many as I can get uh, to, to support uh, what we're doing here, to, to protect us, to guide us, to inspire us, to encourage us, uh, to lift us up when we need it, because there are times. I am so thankful that the universe has such a beautiful way of giving me my comeuppance when I get a little less humble than I ought to be. I didn't get here on my own. I'm not going anywhere else. On my own either. Uh, it's due to so many people and I'm sure other entities in the spirit realm as well. And I'm sure you would probably say the same thing, same thing Crystal, that you are where you are because of all of the help that you've gotten in this world and, and elsewhere. Uh, one other item, folks, and that is that if you'd like to support the work we're doing here on the program financially, we would greatly appreciate that. We have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. I have just had an experience through one of their uh, uh, side uh, ventures called Venmo. And I'm so glad they are there because I am now able to uh, take care of uh, an issue that uh, is a little consternating. It's a challenge, but it's not insurmountable. And so it's there for your security as well as ours. When you go there to send, it's going to ask you for the email address to send it to. It's Richard at RichardDugan.com. That's Richard at RichardDugan.com. Goes to help to support the expenses, SoundCloud, and as well as uh, the hosting services for the website and so forth. And uh, we greatly appreciate those of you who have helped and those of you who will help. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
And with that, we now enter the lightning round of the game show we call Tell Me Your Story, where we ask the, the, our guest three final questions here on the program. They really aren't that hard. They really aren't. They're very easy questions. Number one. Okay, the other, were the other ones hard? Were they just <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's just put it this way. I won't be going down a path and you won't know where I'm coming out because you'll know exactly because these are very short and sweet. And the first one is, who is Crystal Pomeroy? Okay, well, um, I'm having a lot of fun. Crystal Palmer is a woman who's having a lot of fun in this kind of um, divine phase of my life in which I am able to heal and uh, literally work miracles. And this happens on a daily basis. I have people uh, that are sick, in dire need of um, support and frequently uh, they get healed um, very quickly. And of teaching other people to connect with that too, to connect with that power and um, feeling like I'm doing something that does go beyond just this material realm and this little uh, lovely space of time that we have called a life or an incarnation. Mm. And so I'm really excited about that. It's, it's very magical. And I very much appreciate you with all your work, Richard, with uh, this wonderful program, with your years of experience, everything that you've put into having this space be here and being able to share it and uh, and to remind people that we do have this power within, that we uh, are connected with a source of infinite love that is always there for us and that is guiding us to a purpose that's even much more joyful than any wonderful thing we can experience on this earth. Number two. What is it that you uh, hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? Okay. Um, I feel like it's really important that people, we kind of live in this world of appearances in kind of a swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, energetically speaking, the, the Gnostics said that we were being parasited by these dark beings called uh, archons. And um I definitely uh, resonate with the idea that we're held in this world of limitation where people seem to die and all these terrible things seem to go on and that we're stuck in this kind of uh, wheel or, or train that, that uh, is like a trap. Well, our being uh, is telling us that, that, that do you, don't you remember when you were a kid and you felt like you could fly? Did that ever happen? I you? had a dream where all I had to do was pedal my feet and I was off the ground wow oh well, yeah well that that that's your that's not like our your real being and and we on some level we know this and um so we are moving up out of this frequency of limitation and uh for me to be able to uh share with people this truth to work on it myself to get uh free of this uh swamp situation mm. and uh to share this with others so that um we can we can really snap out of uh these low vibrations and situations that seem to trap us um that's that to me is really exciting and like with my book that went up to number one in hot new releases it's just been released on amazon it went it went up to number one in hot re- new releases on angels and and goddesses and went on to several new age bestseller lists um i had originally been visualizing that it would be that a bestseller and then at some point i just said i i sort of felt this divine guidance and i said you know god do with this what 
you want to do with it. I mean, use it in whatever you think is the best way. And um, so there's a certain amount of like trying to behold what the divine plan is and um, keep myself focused on uh, accepting that and uh, trusting in that and uh, not being so attached to certain types of outcomes. Final question. And no, you do not have to answer the question in the form of a question. <laughs> I'm not Alex Trebek. What is your life's purpose? Uh, to shine a light of healing love in the world. Well, we are all illuminated by the light you bring, as well as all of our guests, and we thank you so much for this time and this opportunity to find out more. I think maybe next time, and we will have you back. I would love to have you back to talk thank more you. about. I'd love that too. Uh, talk more about goddesses. I will also sure. tell you, my wife, uh, probably about fifth, no, twenty years ago, when we first met, twenty-three years ago, actually, it was. Um, 23 years ago, I think it was this month, but I'm trying to remember if it was late February or early March. Anyway, she had a, uh, a mentor. His name was Sunyata Saraswati. He was the co-author of the book Jewel in the Lotus. Wow. She asked him for a name. He gave her two choices. One was Shaktima, and the one that she chose... Amrita, which is Sanskrit for nectar of the goddess. Wow. Yeah. So I have firsthand experience in that respect. That's of great. Being uh, with a goddess, as it were. And um, uh-huh. it's, it's been That's uh, lovely. a great, great really, journey. Really, really lovely. Well, thank you so much once again for joining us here on the program. And uh, I will uh, be sending you an email with some more dates that we can deal with maybe in uh, May or June and uh, encourage people to go. Thank you so much. You bet. To go to your website, Crystal uh, Palmer, Palmer Roy. Why do I keep saying Palmer? Palmer Roy, P-O-M, Palmeroy.com. We'll be linked to her website. I hope that you will go there, folks, and uh, check out the work that she's doing, connect with her, get a copy of her book. I think it'll be uh, enlightening as well for you to to do just that. And with that, we come to the close of another edition of Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for New World. I'm Richard Dugan, and I hope that you will join us again until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, Love to Lal.